Well, good afternoon, good morning, and good evening. Whatever time it is you're listening to this program, welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. One quarter, one quarter. That's all we really got tonight uh, as the Eagles got a reality check, I think, uh, is safe to say. As the 49ers came into Philly and dominated the Eagles. It's hard to even say that out loud. But that's what happened today. Clearly, there was a team on the field today that is showing that they should be the NFC's best team. And it wasn't the, our 10-1 Philadelphia Eagles. We have a lot to go through in this one. And it's going to be, uh, it's not going to be fun. Not going to be a fun show to talk about. There's a lot of ugliness that happened in tonight's game. Uh, and you know what? I was thinking about this since I started this program just over two years, about, you know, just over two years ago. This is only the fifth regular season game, meaning post-game show, that I've had to come on and talk about a loss. That's how good the Eagles have been. They only had three losses during the regular season last year. And this is only their second loss this year. So it's like it's certainly a shift down from the excitement that I had last week and the week prior and the week prior to that. You know, as we go through the, again, referencing the gauntlet of games, Dallas before the bye, coming back and playing Kansas City off the bye, then playing the Bills and then the 49ers. And then, of course, we go to Dallas again and Seattle on the road, both of those on the road. We're in the middle of the gauntlet, and the Eagles start off 3-0 in the gauntlet. So even through this rough, very difficult part of their schedule, the Eagles haven't lost. They've had some close games, that's for sure. Exciting games, that's for sure. Will they do for a stinker? That's what I'm trying to wrap my brain around. You know, are the Eagles this far behind the... 49ers, or were they just due for one of these rough games? When you put it into proper context, the Eagles have played three games in the past 16 weeks or 16 days. Three games in the past 16 games. And those three games, like I said, Kansas City, the Bills, and the 49ers. Three of the top 10 teams in the NFL? I would argue. And of course, before that was Dallas, you know, before the bye. They look like a top five team for sure. So, but that's not part of the, you know, three and 16 equation. But, you know, three games in 16 weeks. Jeez, I keep saying weeks. Three games in 16 days, where this was only the second game in the last 10 games days for the 49ers. Now, I'm not going to come on here and make any excuses. I will point out a few things, but I'm not going to make any excuses because the Eagles just got 
punch in the mouth tonight. And I, you'd have to say that you got a whole, I guess, pass the gamut off to the 49ers now as they look like they're the best team in the NFC and probably NFL. Chiefs lost tonight. There's no Burrow in Cincinnati. We know the Bills are having issues. Ravens, I'm not sold on the Ravens. You might have the best three teams in the NFC. A lot of people were talking about how the best teams in the league going into this season were all in the AFC. I don't think so. I think the best three teams are in the NFC. And I think you got to put San Francisco first after tonight. You have to. Now, does that mean the Eagles can't beat this team? No. But for sure, they're going to have to play a hell of a lot better than they did tonight. So where do I start in this one? Now, let me just back up here because those of you who listen to my pregame podcast know, and if you don't, then... I'll let you know. You could always go back and listen to it as well. It's just one. It's episode one, uh, 170. It's episode 171, by the way. 171 episodes of Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. As we keep rolling along here. And I thank you for being with me. In my pregame podcast for the 49ers, I tried to indicate to you that I had a bad feeling about this game. And my final prediction, it wasn't close. And that may have surprised some of you. Um, And believe it or not, I kind of had a hold against an even bigger, um, a bigger score. Because I really thought that the Eagles were going to get beaten badly today. I did. I was hoping I'd be wrong, as I mentioned in the pregame podcast. But I just thought that all of the, I mean, there's a lot of factors. Number one, I knew the defense was not playing well. And they were saved by the offense against the Bills and the Chiefs. So, and with all the weapons that the 49ers have, I knew the Eagles hadn't faced an offense like that yet. I knew the the 49ers are super highly motivated because of last year's. Uh, loss in the NFC Championship game that they've been chirping about ever since. And let's face it, even Jalen Hurts has not been having the type of season he had last year. So when you group all that together, including, like I mentioned, this gauntlet the game that games that the Eagles were not going to win everyone, all of them, that's for sure. They were due to lose to one of these teams and almost lost. They could have lost to Kansas City. They could have lost to Dallas. They barely held on to that game. I mean, in the game that they really were winning handily, but let Dallas hang in, hang around and almost bit them in the end. Going on the road and beating Kansas City, that's an impressive win. I don't care in what year. I mean, that's just a tough place to play. And they have Patrick Mahomes there and everybody else, and you, you guys know that. That was a great win. Defensively, they didn't look all that great. They didn't have to win. And against the Bills, they didn't play that well defensively either. But 
were able to make some big plays at critical times and rally and win that game. They were down by 10, as you guys know, the last two games heading into today. And they were trailing again today at halftime. You just can't keep this unsustainable. It's just, it's, you just can't continue to play that way. So I had a bad feeling about this game. I just, I just did. And my final prediction for this game was the Eagles losing. And I switched my pick, because you remember, in preseason predictions, I had the Eagles winning this game. Again, just, you know, it's one of the few times where I've changed my pick this year. And it's because of those reasons I just gave you. And I predicted the final score to be 30 to 16. 49ers. And that's not a close game. That's two touchdowns. And like I said, I had to hold back the urge to even give the 49ers more points than that. Which, in hindsight now, I shouldn't have. But, again, I'm, you know, it's rare that you're going to get the final score correct. But the message there was, to you, the audience, that I didn't feel this was going to be that competitive a game. And it wasn't. Now, things started off great. First quarter was the only quarter the defense showed up in this game. Or at least the first two drives, three and out, three and out. Getting pressure on Purdy, he's all over the place. Two three and outs in a row. Eagles offense got some really, you know, got two big drives too as well. And their possessions, A.J. Brown with two big uh, pass plays and receptions. Both times they get into the red zone. The first time they... End up kicking a field goal. And I can't remember if the... I think it was... Um, yeah, it was the second time when Hertz kind of took himself... That, that we know when he slipped and, and, you know, ended up getting sacked. That was the second, uh, I believe, possession in the red zone. So anyway, the first possession in the red zone, give the 49ers credit. But again, the offense not able to punch it in. And against the 49ers... You can't be kicking field goals. Now, maybe once down there, they kick field goal. That's fine. Again, 49ers get the ball back. They go three and out again. Eagles get the ball, march all the way down the field again. This is the series of downs when the Eagles were, again, right back close to being around the 10-yard line. And Jalen Hurts tries to scramble away and slips and falls and gets sacked for like nine yards back or something like that. Might have been more than that because he was kind of like dropping back. I think it was like a 12-yard loss or something. It was it was a deep loss. So that went against them. Then they couldn't kick, you know, it was third and long. They ended up having to kick a field goal there. Not a good precedent. Not a good precedent. I was, in, I was really impressed. The first first 10 minutes or so of the first quarter, I was like, wow, my prediction is going to be way off. This Eagles defense showed up, and, you know, they, they're going right down the field against the 49ers. I'm like, holy smokes, I was jacked up. Because, again, what transpired from that point on to the end of the game, that was the type of game that I was predicting in my pregame podcast for this game. And, uh, unfortunately, that's what happened, and it actually was worse than I thought. I mean, I didn't think the Eagles would win this game, and like I said, I didn't think it would be all that close, but the Eagles got absolutely whooped from that point forward in the game. No way, the way to put it. 
And again, not going to make any excuses, but I will say this because I, the Eagles were not going to win this game anyway. But the refereeing in this game, in this league, continues to just be abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. Two of the three Debo receptions, well, actually, one of them was a run, so I'm not talking about that one. But the two long receptions by Debo that he scored on, both of them had blatant holding calls that I don't know if they would have been able to make the tackle, so you never know that, right? You don't know that, but chances are it wouldn't have been a scoring play. At least he probably would have been able to slow him up and, and finally get him down. I don't know. You never know. But blatant holding calls. One on Blankenship, and the other one was on, I think, Blankenship again and someone else that was pursuing Debo. Now, again, the way that the defense played probably wouldn't have stopped San Francisco anyway. But the refereeing is horrible in the NFL. Just outright horrible. And just to be clear, the refereeing had nothing to do with the Eagles losing this game. I'm just, every single week, you just watch play after play after play of just terrible officiating. Um, so let's talk about how after being shut down those two first possessions, again, three and out and then three and out. The 49ers then scored on their next six, count them, six consecutive possessions. And not just scoring as in field goals. Oh, no. Six consecutive touchdowns. Now, I don't care what you want to say about this Eagles defense and what your thoughts are on it, but there is no even average defenses in the NFL that give up six consecutive touchdowns in a game. There's only one kind of defense that gives up six consecutive touchdowns in a game. And that is a bad defense. Period. And that's my biggest concern coming out of this game. I know the 49ers have a lot of weapons and firepower. But they haven't scored on six consecutive touchdowns against any of the teams that they played. And they played some bad teams. They got some weak Weak teams that they played in their schedule. They didn't put. They didn't score six consecutive touchdowns on them. So this defense is a bad defense, and they've been showing signs of it for the last month. It's been bend but don't break, or bend and Jalen Hurts will rally and save a team. That's the kind of defense the Eagles have been playing the last month. And today, it bent and it broke wide open. And if this team has any Super Bowl aspirations remaining after tonight, then they better fix this defense somehow. And I don't know how you can do it. The trading deadline's over. You kind of have what you're stuck with what you have. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with Shaq Leonard. And even if the Eagles get him, keep this in mind. The Colts are paying him $6 million to not be on the team. Okay. 
So let's not, by any stretch, think this guy's going to come in here and save this linebacking crew. I th he certainly would be an upgrade, okay? So from that perspective, it would improve. But we're not getting the all-pro Shaq Leonard in here. And that's even if he comes here. And after watching tonight's game, he's probably got one foot in Texas right now. If not on a plane to Dallas. And we might actually be playing against him next week. Wouldn't that be interesting? Jalen Hurts, I wasn't impressed by him much at all tonight. I don't know what he was doing in the first half, especially in even third quarter. He had five, six, seven seconds to find somebody open and then would end up getting sacked or rolling out eventually and throwing a ball away. I mean, that must have happened about a half dozen times. The O-line gave him more than enough time. Now, I'm going to try to find myself the uh, Alt-22 uh, tape because I'm going to watch. Because I find it hard to believe that for all that time, neither A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith was not open at any point. So, And I don't know this yet to make this claim. But I just know that both of those guys are great wide receivers. And I find it hard to believe that the 49er corners were able to cover those guys for six, seven seconds on their routes. I don't know what kind of routes they're running. Like I said, I need to see the actual plays. But you tell me the Eagles don't have any secondary options for Hurts on that if they don't have his wide receivers open for six, seven seconds? Where's the dump down? So that's a combination of either one of two things or both that the play calling doesn't have options for Hertz other than going to Devontae or AJ on those plays, which is really limiting the offense. Because first of all, they're lucky they have that much time to get either one of those guys open. Or secondly, Jalen has got very hesitant to throw the ball. And I have a feeling it's the latter without seeing the tape. So I got to watch it first. But... I just have a feeling that he's getting a little hesitant to throw the ball in big games down the field. Maybe it's because of how many interceptions he's thrown this year and, you know, some being directly his fault, some being just bad luck. But it might be playing in his head. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud here. But why would you be waiting five, six, seven seconds for, which is plenty of time for someone to get open or for him to take off and run. He didn't even do that. Or when he tried to, he would just run into his own player and get a sack. Or get sacked. So there's two things that I've been concerned about with Hurts this year. And one of them goes back to one of the issues I've had with him from day one. So he may be regressing back to some old habits. And that is not staying in the pocket, number one. He's leaving the pocket, I think, too soon sometimes. He's not doing it as much as he was early in his career. But he's starting to start doing that again. He's, he's getting out of the pocket and bailing out of there too soon and doing his rolling down, rolling out to the right, trying to make a Houdini play. 
And those don't happen that often. He's able to pull them off sometimes, but it's just, it's not the answer. More often than not, he's just going to end up doing what he always does, and that's just throwing the ball out of bounds. And he didn't play well today. And he hasn't really played well all season. He's played very well in spurts. But as a general as a general I guess just in general he hasn't played like we know he can. And I know after the Bills game I was taunting, you know, or chanting MVP again, MVP and he has had some MVP moments and the team is 10-1. So I wanted to give him props when he deserves it. But at the same time, I have to acknowledge that uh, he's not amongst the um, leaders in a lot of the offensive quarterback uh, statistics that really would call for an MVP-type performance. And, you know, some people are going to put Purdy over above him now. Because Purdy came into this game leading the NFL in uh, quarterback rating. And he just went into Philadelphia and threw four touchdowns on him. 300 yards, four touchdowns. So you're going to start hearing a lot about Purdy now as the MVP. And you could not give Hurts the MVP over Purdy right now. I'm telling you that right now as an Eagle fan. I can't stand Purdy, by the way. The guy rubs me the wrong way. I don't. I just think he's arrogant. He's got this smirk on his face all the time. Um, I just don't like the guy, and I don't like the 49ers in general. They're a good team. I'm not taking that away from them at all. They got some great players on that team. But this is the second game against the Eagles in a row where they have been classless on the field. If you remember in the NFC Championship game, and I know they were frustrated because they lost their quarterback, but you remember you had you know Trent uh, Trent Williams throw our safety on the ground. You had Greenlaw again, ironically punching the ball after the guy was already ground. Remember he punched the Eagle player uh, after he was already tackled. I forget who it was. I don't know if it was Miles. I can't remember who exactly the player was. It might have been Gainwell. He just punches him. Um, it was after the whistle. I remember now. It was it was a one of those running calls where you know the forward progress was stopped, and he comes in and like punches the eagle. And there just did a lot of chirping in that game too. And then today, of course, the incident on the sideline where Greenlaw again, ironically, decides to suplex tiny Devontae Smith out of bounds right in front of the Eagles security guy who just didn't touch him at all. So I don't know what the heck Kyle Shanahan's talking about. His post-game comments was like, I can't believe that, you know, somebody that's not even a player would put his hands on, on an NFL player. He didn't touch him at all. You can just clearly say in, you can clearly see, read his lips and saying to Greenlaw, because the play happened or the suplex happened right in front of him, you know, that was bullshit. You can read his lips. That was bullshit. 
And then Greenlaw gets up and like takes a swipe at him. His face. Kind of misses it or like thinks thinks second about, you know, has a second thought about it as he's swinging at him and just ends up kind of rubbing his nose. But he was going to take a swipe, swing at him. Or he did basically partially take a swing at him and made contact with his face. Yeah, I'm not a 49er fan in terms of their class. Just, just not a fan. Great players, great team, no doubt. But a bunch of punks on that team. So I'm hoping we see them again. I'd love to have another chance at them. Eagles would certainly have to play a lot better. And right now, that game probably is going to be in San Francisco. I don't know if the Eagles are now going to have enough to secure this number one seed. I mean, I really think they have to, and they need to figure this out quick because I said they need to get one of these two games in my preview podcast for this for this game. I said they either need to beat the 49ers here at home or go on the road and beat Dallas, who haven't lost at home in 14 games. That's now the task ahead of the Eagles. Now they have to do that if they want to get that number one seed. And with this way this defense is playing, everyone's just assuming that they're going to beat the Giants twice in Arizona. And yes, they should. But that Seattle game that I've been talking about, a lot of Eagle fans are just saying that's going to be a win. And I'm like, when was the last time the Eagles beat Seattle in Seattle? You have to go back before Russell Wilson was there. So you're talking about over a decade, and I don't even know what the actual date is. It might be longer than that. They don't win there. They don't win there, folks. I'm telling you, that's going to be a tough game. And you saw how hard they played Dallas the other night. Probably should have won that game. And that was on the road in Dallas. So, and the 49ers, they got a very easy schedule. They got one tough team remaining on their schedule, and that is the Ravens. And I personally don't think, and it's in San Francisco, I don't personally think the Ravens can beat the 49ers. So they're probably going to run the table. And they're playing top, I mean, they're really playing some flawless football right now. I mean, look what they just did tonight to their Eagles. Kicked them in the ass. So, the Eagles have one game to play with. And they lose the tiebreaker to the 49ers. So, if the Eagles get that third loss, either against Dallas next week, in Dallas, or in Seattle, they lose one of those two games. There's the third loss. And if the 49ers don't lose again the rest of the year. Now, let's listen. They could always have a hiccup, you know. It could happen. But my point is, they lose the tiebreaker to the 49ers. And think about this. If they lose to Dallas, then all three of them have three losses, including Detroit. So then the Eagles finally could go from having a number one seed to like the number fifth seed. Or fourth seed. Kim, you know, I guess fourth seed. I mean, you talk about holy cow. How quickly things can change. Well, they have changed, folks. So you can look at this from one of two ways. 
you know, at least the Eagles can look at this from one of two ways. Hey, man, we're not as good as we thought we were, and we need to get our act together defensively. This has got to be fixed somehow, some way, scheme-wise, personnel-wise. I don't know, but that's got to change. That pass defense is horrible. I think it was 28th coming into this game. And they got absolutely blitzed tonight. They missed Greenlaw. I mean, not Greenlaw. They missed Cunningham a lot tonight, which I, I knew this was the, the probably the game that they could afford, at least afford to not have uh, Cunningham as linebacker because you need him to obviously help against the run with McCaffrey. He's a great tackler, great pursuer, and he's better in coverage than Christian Ellis. And Morrow played his worst game by far. He was awful. And I don't know if that's because he didn't have Cunningham next to him, but he was terrible. He's one of the ones that missed the tackle on one of Debo's long, uh, long runs. Went after the catches. Horrible tackling. He played terrible. Couldn't whenever they blitzed him, he got got nowhere. Missed tackles, out of position. He was horrendous. So there's a lot of thumbs down, guys. Uh, like I said, a lot of thumbs down. But before I get into the up, thumbs up and thumbs down, um, the other thing that's concerning to me is the lack of pressure. The Eagles, the first two series, like I said, the three and outs, they were getting to Purdy. He was under a lot of pressure, under a lot of distress. And then it disappeared after that. Other than I think the Cox uh, got to, I think the first drive of the second half, I believe Cox got a sack, if I remember right. It was right at, or I can't remember now if it was right. Yeah, I think, I believe that's when it was. Yeah, it was either that or it was like right after the whole riff on the sidelines. Either way, the 49ers ended up scoring a touchdown and going like 70. That's the other thing. These drives, when I was talking about these six consecutive touchdowns, like three or three of them, I think, were like by like 80, 85, 75. I mean, these long drives. That Eagles couldn't stop them. Very, very concerning. You know, Reddick was applying pressure. You know, the guy's just a gamer. I mean, he's he showed up again. Cox, like I said, the fact that he played was one thing. He didn't practice at all. So you know he's not even healthy, and he's out there, and he got a sack. You know, the guy that I said would lead the, you know, when Matt and I did our preseason predictions, like little fun game that we have when we predict stats, I predicted that Josh Sweat would lead the team in sacks. Knowing that Reddick's on this team, of course, you know, you know, obviously the easy answer is Reddick, but I just thought that Sweat would have a uh, a real breakout season when he he top like fifteen sacks. That doesn't look like it's going to happen. Now, of course, he was against Trent Williams today, so he's one of the best the guys going to the Hall of Fame. But Sweat had two huge penalties in this game. That first Forty Nine er touchdown, they got an extra down. You know, they would have kicked a field goal. On a third down play, the Eagles got a stop, but Sweat lined up offsides. Gave an extra play, scored a touchdown. 
That was costly. And then later in the game, he was offsides on another drive. Sweat had a bad game. One of many. But where was the pass rush? I think some of it is fatigue. I do. You know, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis, these guys, their rookie seasons is why they always talk about rookie walls in the NFL. It's because these guys, come, these rookies that come in, they have a very short off season. And they're also not used to playing nearly this many snaps as they do in the NFL, especially the Georgia guys, Jordan Davis and, and Carter, because there's so many great players at those college programs. They rotate them in and out. Jalen's out there at every single every single down now. He doesn't come out. He rarely comes out. Jordan comes out a little bit more, but he's playing a way. They're both playing way more snaps than normal. And they're also, like I said, they didn't have much of an offseason. So this is where that brick wall you know, hitting the wall concept comes into play. I think both of these guys are wearing down. They really do. It's not a good sign, but I think it's factoring in as to why they're not uh, playing as well, not getting as much pressure, and not stopping the run as well. And three games in 16 days against very, very tough teams, I think it's taken us whole. I have no proof of that. Just going with my eyes are telling me. So thumbs down. I already talked about sweat. Bad game. Moral. Bad game. Blanket chip. Bad game. He got smoked in the, uh, I think it was the first or second San Francisco uh, touchdown. Guy was wide open. He was supposed to be covering. Uh, he didn't tackle all that great again. Or I don't know if his tackle was too bad. I mean, well, yeah, it was. He missed some tackles. Almost everybody had defense in that second. He missed tackles today. But Blankenship, thumbs down. Bayard, another bad game for him. I mean, you could almost put anybody's name down in defense, really. Ellis was out of place. He had to make that one play early where it was like, wow, look at Ellis. And that was about it for him. Ricks comes in the game for some reason as the slot corner. Misses that tackle against Jennings. Easy tackle. Could have even pushed him out of bounds. Nope. Touchdown. Slay didn't hit play well. And, you know, I have an offense. It's hard. I think the offense overall played pretty well. I'd probably put a down arrow on Hertz. I don't think he played well today. There's not a lot of up arrows, but if I was going to put another down, but I don't even know if it's his fault. I would put Swift as a down, but he only got six carries. You know, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, you know, Swift had six carries for 13 yards. Now, he wasn't running well when he ran, but six carries. This guy's got almost 800 yards rushing coming into the game. You got to give the ball more. I know the Eagles got down, but even early on, they got away from the running game when this game was still competitive. I can see when you're down by... Two touchdowns, three touchdowns in the second half. You get away from the run a little bit. But even when that game was still in play, they abandoned the run. So I have to give – I'll give Swift a down arrow, but, again, I, I, it's probably more coaching than it is him. And he took a big pop at the end of the game, too. Got absolutely pounded by a – I mean, Hurts just can't set his – he can't set his 
receivers up the, uh, like that. That was just a bad decision by Hurts, too. Letting this guy get absolutely cranked like he did. Coaching-wise, Eagles were totally outcoached. Sariani was completely outcoached. Our defensive coordinator was completely outcoached. Our offensive coordinator, this is no surprise, was outcoached. I continue to be down on Johnson. He's just I just don't think this guy's a good play caller at all. Just don't. Um, but yeah, Sean decided no answers, no adjustments. Got absolutely obliterated. Again, I don't know if it's coaching or personnel. I definitely know it's personnel. I just think the Eagles' defense is not that good, talent-wise, and the back seven. And so I think it's a combination of both. And decide I'm not going to hammer this guy too bad. I think he's a good defensive coach. I really do. I don't. I think he's not the problem. But I don't think he. I don't think he coached too well today. I don't think he, the adjustments, if any, that he made worked. So. Down arrows on the coaching staff. And Sariani just was completely outcoached from an overall game plan and strategy. Completely outcoached. Up arrows, like I said, Reddick and Cox. The the offensive line was amazing. They probably get the highest reviews out of any player on the field. And I give them all straight A's. That's a great, great defensive front seven that the 49ers have. Their line and linebackers are top-notch. And the Eagles were giving Hurts five, six, seven seconds to find someone to throw the ball to. Lane Johnson, another great job on Bosa. I saw one play where he completely pancaked him. Offensive line was awesome. They showed up. Congrats to them. A.J. Smith and Devontae Smith, the only two individual players on offense, outside of the line, of course, like I said, that showed up. A.J. with a big game, great catches. Devontae Smith, so impressed that that one kind of giveaway play where it was like third and 16, and he breaks like three or four tackles and gets the first down. He showed some balls out and heart in this game. Here's a guy who's 160 pounds soaking wet running through that defense. That's a good good tacklers, you know. It's a very good defense. So both AJ and Devontae. Devontae, 11 targets, caught nine for 96 yards and a touchdown. AJ... And 13 targets, caught 8, 114 yards. And even Quez Watkins. We had a Quez Watkins appearance today. I don't know why they didn't try to get him deep. But when they did throw to him, I think the only time they threw to him deep was the incompletion. But four targets, caught three of them. Hertz ended up 26-45 for 298 yards. A lot of that was some garbage time. His numbers look good, but they weren't that good. 85.2 rating. Purdy had 148.8 rating. So, again, you, if you guys think that Hertz is going to get MVP votes over Brock Purdy now, ain't happening. 
Um, yeah. You know, McCaffrey on the ground, 17 carries for 93 yards, five and a half per carry, and a touchdown. Debo Samuel did a lot of talking. I told you how much, as much as I couldn't stand his yapping, but I said in the pregame podcast, I love that guy. I would take him on the Eagles any day of the week. I always loved this guy, how physical he is, how hard he plays. The guy is a gamer. And he backed up his talk. He talked. And you know what I've always said about smack talking? That's what I always felt about Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders was an arrogant, talking, smack player, but he backed it up. He always backed it up. He's a great player. One of the all-time great cornerbacks in NFL history. Now, I'm not saying Debo is, you know, the equivalent of Deion Sanders. But did he not back it up? I mean, he was unstoppable in this game. Four catches for 116 yards and two touchdowns. And he also ran one in for a touchdown. He had every right to be waving bye-bye to the Eagle fans. He earned it. Talk to smack. He talked to talk. He walked the walk. So the 49ers, as they say, or we used to say back in the playground, we they came they saw, and they kicked our ass. And we just got to hope that this team can figure the things out here quickly because they got a primetime game against Dallas for the NFC East division lead now. Because if Dallas wins that game, we have a tie in the NFC East. How quickly things change. One of the positives, not many, another positive is it appears, of course, you never really know until, you know, a day or two from now, but it appears at least that the Eagles got through this game with no injuries. Um, that's good because we can't afford to have any more injuries heading into this Dallas game. Now, Hertz, as you know, if you saw the game, he did leave the game for a period to get checked out for a concussion. Um and he ended up being cleared, uh, no concussion, and was allowed to come back into the game. To which Sirianni, by the way, late in the game when there was like three minutes left, the Eagles were down by 22 points. He still has Hurts out there playing, and he's taking a lot of heat from the media about it. And even A.J. Brown was questioning in his postgame interview. He made reference to that he was surprised that Hurts was out there. So I don't think that was a smart move by Sirianni. Well, what's the point? Yeah, big games coming up. You got your rears kicked in in this game. Why do you have Jalen Hurts out there with three minutes to go when you're down by 22 points? Made no sense. Inexcusable. I don't care what excuse that he had. They did ask him in the post game, and he said something like, "We're going to fight every game" or something like that. Well, that's a great attitude to have, but just going to be smart every game. And that was dumb. Dallas Goddard should be back next week for the Cowboys. They're going to need him. This is another game where they could have desperately used him, uh, especially when they had five or six seconds. There's no doubt that Hurts would have had him to go to uh, if while he was waiting five, six, seven seconds for Devontae or Smith to get open. And I'm really I'm going to check out the tape because I'm going to see 
I, I have a hard time believing that both those guys were not open for that long a time. I just have a feeling. It's a hunch, and I'll confirm it later on this week after I watch the tape. If I'm right, my hunch being that I think Hertz is just hesitant to throw the ball downfield right now. I don't know. For some reason, he's got – I don't know. It's just a hunch, but we'll see if that's going to be confirmed or not. I'll, I'll check it out and get back to you on that. But um, either way, getting Goddard back, the point is that will greatly help uh, Hertz and our passing tack and our offense in general. And then we're still on the Leonard watch. You know, is Leonard going to come to Philly? Where's he going to go to Dallas? We're going to probably find out tomorrow, being Monday uh, or today. Probably when you listen to this, will be it'll be on Monday. By the time this you even listen to this podcast, maybe that decision will be made. Uh, that's very possible. So. Um, if and when that happens, we'll be sure to talk about it in the next podcast. And just, I don't know if I talked about it now because I'm just kind of rambling here. I think I did, but, you know, getting back to the altercation on the sidelines. You know, Dom, who is the security guy for the Eagles, he did not touch Greenlaw. And somehow he gets thrown out of the game. Not a big deal. It's a security guy, whatever. But it's just a point, like, I mean, he didn't do anything. He said something to him. All he did was take a slap to the face, really. And the officiating, again, not the reason why the Eagles lost. But it's just got to get better in the NFL. It's just bad. Two blatant holds on those Debo receptions that went for touchdowns. And then in the end zone, I think it was during the second possession in the red zone early in the game, guys clearly holding A.J. Brown in the back of the end zone, no flag, no call. And even the long pass play downfield to Quez Watkins, that was pass interference. He definitely made contact before the ball got there. No flag. It's just terrible. The, the officiating is awful. I hate to bring it up because people are to think when they listen to this that I'm blaming the refs for the loss. No. The Eagles got outplayed, outcoached, and beaten. But you got to call out bad officiating when it happens. And it was horrible. Again, horrible. So listen, folks. Um, for those of you who listen to my pregame podcast about this game, I was sending a warning message that I didn't have a good feeling about this game. And I, I did obviously predict the Eagles to lose. And I predicted them to lose by two touchdowns, which was, again, trying to let you know that I didn't think this could be a close game and the Eagles were going to get beaten. They got beaten worse than I even thought they were going to be. It was definitely a much more lopsided game than I even expected. I didn't expect them to lose. I predicted they would lose. And I predicted that they would lose by two touchdowns. So I was pretty close. But it was worse than that. You know, uh, so this is a veteran team. A lot of good veterans on this team. Sariani in the past has proven that he's been able to turn things around quickly after big losses or losses in general. And we got to hope that the Eagles can figure it out quick. Because next up, as we know, the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas next weekend. Uh, I'm going to try to probably bring Matt on this week to talk Eagles-Cowboys. 
and uh, get his view. We'll see if I'm able to uh, hook up with him or not and bring him on, and, and we'll talk about the, the game and obviously the uh, get his thoughts on this game. Um, I don't think he was able to actually watch it because he was traveling back uh, today, so uh, he was on the road today. I know that during the game, so um, he might not have an opportunity to actually watch the game, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> But uh, but we'll try to see if we can get break Matt on again to, to get his thoughts about the Cowboys game um, uh, later this week in the preview episode for the Cowboys. And listen, I mean, Cowboys, they're playing really well right now. They did escape against the Seattle Seahawks. Their defense showed some vulnerabilities for sure. Um, but they haven't lost in 14 straight games at home. So maybe it's up to the Eagles next time to uh, – to make it, uh, well, to send them a message because they got a message sent to them today by the 49ers. Let's hope they wake up. Let's hope they learn from this loss and they come and uh, show up in Texas next week. But we'll talk about it next podcast. Until then, thank you again for tuning in. Philadelphia Eagles talk with Jeff. Appreciate it. The Eagles go down today to the 49ers uh, by a score of 42 to 19. It's a rough game, but hey, long season, long way to go. And uh, we'll be here in Philadelphia. We'll talk with Jeff. Thanks again. Until next time, take care, and we'll talk to you soon.